Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is your podcast, The Color Mom, and your host, Simi. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Tanit, Tanit Kaur, and she is a single mom of two girls and also an author and a writer. So welcome, Tanit. Thank you so much, Simi, for having me on your beautiful podcast. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. I am so interested in knowing more about you and your story. So why don't we begin with you telling us more about yourself, what you do, and tell us your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Actually, this is my first podcast, so I'm super excited that the first one is with you. (laughs) So yeah, my name is Beneath, and some of you listeners may or may not know me from my blog, which is called Writer's sorry, writings for my daughters. Basically, I started keeping a diary when I was six years old. And from there, I took solace in writing fictional stories and kind of just became my passion since then. Now I write more uh, non-fictional pieces based on my own experiences and try to share those uh, stories with the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's a beautiful blog that you have I've read some of your articles, your stories, and oh, just so touching. And I love non-fictional stories because they're just, they're personal, right? And there's got a very personal element to it. Right. And a lot of people can relate yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. it's That's the whole thing, right? Is um, being able to connect to somebody else's story. And that's why I always loved reading memoirs and, and uh, you know, pieces from people talking about their experiences because you find you can relate more of a human level rather than, you know, going on a kind of uh, fantasy story with, with a fictional. Yeah, I mean, those are good reads as well sometimes, right? Yeah. So, Tanit, you are a single mom and I yes. have read your story which is called diamonds for dinner and quite honestly I was glued to it from the beginning to the end and the way that you explained everything and you are a great storyteller and I want to know a little bit more about that and how you came about being a single mom yeah thank you so much so this story diamonds for dinner It's actually a story about the day that I left my husband. Mm -hmm. So everything I wrote in this story is 100% true. Kind of speaks to, you know, the heightened emotions that I was feeling that very morning when everything was happening, just waiting for him to leave to go to work so I can like pack up all my stuff. And, you know, I was waiting for my mom to come over. No, Um, my gosh, my heart is racing even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just, it was beyond nerve wracking, like more than I can possibly explain. And, you know, I wrote this story to kind of give a voice to the women who, you know, literally have to escape from from their abusive marriages. And Mm. sometimes that that's the only choice they have, you know, they can't, they can't plan it out with their partner, because it's not an option. So they kind of just have to plan this this whole like getaway and that's exactly what the story was about oh my gosh it's, I mean I, I I guess I just need a little moment to just even think about you know yeah. being in that space and I can't even imagine so you talked about being in an abusive marriage yeah. and what 
I feel like I haven't really experienced this myself, but mm-hmm. I can sort of imagine women out there that are in this relationship, especially in the South Asian community, there's such a stigma right. around it that a lot of women choose to stay in these marriages, yeah. right? Yeah, they do. Sometimes they they stay for 10 years, sometimes they stay for 30 plus years. They just they just don't see it as as an option to leave. They kind of just deal with with their pain. They deal with being abused and and some of them don't even realize they are being abused. They just know that it's not a healthy uh, marriage or you know, they maybe they witnessed this themselves growing up, uh, seeing mm. their parents' marriage. So they think, you know, this is this is a normal behavior. So yeah, so it's um, something that I saw as well growing up in my family with you know different different aunts and even with my own parents. Like they did not have a very happy marriage. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know what, that's not going to happen to me, and things can change and you know, you, you kind of come up with excuses to keep things going and you think you're trying to be positive and have hope, but it's really just excuses, right? So, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what your, your marriage was like and what led you to finally make that decision? Because it takes a lot of courage to make that decision mm-hmm. to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first so, of all, I would like to commend you on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, there were quite a few things that did help me gain the courage to leave. Um, Not just, you know, the experience of the toxic environment and the abuse itself, but also observing both my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law. So that would be my husband's brother's wife, his eldest, Mm. eldest brother. That was really huge for me, seeing them go through what they were going through. You know, that was like 30 plus years marriage. And with the brother and sister-in-law, it was like a 10 plus, almost 10 years marriage. And they had been getting abused for far longer than me. And I realized I don't want to end up like that. And mm-hmm. I don't want my daughters to grow up thinking this is a normal yeah. way to live. So, you know, the main thing that was happening was alcoholism, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I thought, if people get help, it can be cured and things can mm. get better. But the thing with with that is sometimes abuse also comes in with it, whether it's verbal, emotional, physical, or financial, like controlling, you know, the fin- finances. So you literally have no control over your life, mm. overseeing your family or your friends or anything like that. So what I did was I spoke to my OB during my second pregnancy about what was going on at home because they do ask about your, you know, how your life is going for the health of the baby. Luckily, that doctor referred me to a social worker at the maternity ward of the hospital. So I started going for sessions. I was bringing my toddler with me as well. And that's when I started getting educated about abuse because I didn't even know I was, I was in an abusive relationship relationship, yeah yeah I didn't know like even the setting itself like being exposed to the types of things in the household it's that is itself is abuse as well so I started to gain all of this education and learn more about myself learn more about my husband too and one of my aunts she had also been in a very abusive marriage and left when my cousins they were very young as well Mm -hmm. so 
she shared all of her resources with me. Literally, it was an entire package of information, like a whole bunch of papers and books and everything. Mm. She just said, just like, take all of this and read it. And there was this book she gave me, which it changed my life. I can't even tell you. It's called, Why Does He Do That? It's written by a man called Lundy Buncraft. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bancraft, Lundy Bancraft. And I've actually told other women about this book over the last few years when like people have come to me asking for advice on leaving an abusive relationship. The first thing I say is this book is a must read because it was like I was reading a book about my own life, about my own yeah. I'm like, wow, this, so this is actually like a thing, you know, somebody can actually explain this to me that th- there's a reason why this happens. And he can explain that some people can never change out of that mentality. Yeah. So, so a lot of uh, victims of abuse, what, what ends up happening is they, they get the courage to leave and then they get manipulated into coming back. Coming back. Yeah. And it's kind of like this cycle that just doesn't get never. End, yeah. Never ending cycle. Yeah. So, so that book, it just gave me the confidence to finally create a plan for mm-hmm. myself to get out of that toxic environment that I was in and that my girls were being exposed to. Mm-hmm. And, and stay out of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I was also seeing like my, my sister-in-law, she was the one doing that, leaving and coming back, leaving and coming back. Mm. And as a side note, I do want to mention that after I did leave my husband, she left her husband for good too. So I think I kind of motivated her a little bit. Yeah. So you changed somebody somebody else's life, you know? Yeah, I think and so. I think it gave her that extra push that she needed, but she had yeah. already left so many times that it was hard to see any hope for her, but she finally did. And I'm really happy that she did. So yeah. 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 Oh man. You know, I feel that a lot of people, a lot of women have difficulty identifying abuse because mm-hmm. it can be in the slightest things that happen right, right around your day and you can reason you know you can make up your own reasons why things are a certain way oh no it's just this or he probably just wasn't in a good good mood or right. he had a bad day so yeah. i think it's so important to educate yourself on what Absolutely. abuse is and what is actually happening in your life. But I think even thinking about creating that change, okay, this is happening. I need to reflect on it. I need to sort of look at my life from a bird's eye view, right? Which is yeah. so hard to do. It's it, it's that itself is is really difficult. So kudos to you for for doing all that you did. Yeah. What kind of events led afterwards? Yeah, it was, the first year was probably the most difficult for me. I fell into a depression and, you know, the other thing was I didn't know how to not be in a relationship because I had been in a relationship since I was like 15 years old. And that itself in itself was terrifying to me. It was like being alone. And on top of that, having two little humans who are depending on me for everything so luckily my mom did help me out for the first little bit before my girls were accepted into a daycare because they were still so young like I I had just gotten off of maternity leave when I left 
So my youngest was, she was still breastfeeding. So, and my, my family lives four hours away from me. So I didn't have anyone close by to just, you know, pop over and look after the kids for me to like go out on my own and like get a cup of coffee or something like that just wasn't an option for me. So one of the worst things uh, during that time was when I had to leave my baby with my mom for three weeks so that I could, I could actually work, go back to work, which I had planned my separation around the time that I was ending my maternity leave. Cause I knew like, okay, at least I'll be making some income on my own. Yeah. But yeah. So my baby was with my mom and she's four hours away and I couldn't breastfeed and I ended up getting mastitis in one of my breasts. Mm. And then when I finally did see her, like I went to the town that my family lives in, my daughter wanted milk so badly. She was crying, sitting on my lap crying. And we just sat there and cried and cried together. Like I couldn't do anything. She couldn't do anything. We just, <laughs> we just both sat there and cried. And it was, just, it was this heartbreaking. Yeah. And, you know, being separated like that, even with my, my toddler, she was three at the time. Mm. She had to, you know, start preschool because I had to go back to work and she wasn't used to it because, you know, we, three of us were always at home. Yeah. So that, that was heartbreaking leaving her for the first time going off to work and yeah you know they just didn't understand what was happening the other great thing was my mom let me you know borrow her one of her cars as well because I didn't have a car I was walking around everywhere with a double stroller oh my gosh having to take uh, having to take the bus and subways and stuff and it was really tough but the one I would say the one memory of that time that was felt like a real triumph for me, which during that difficult time was, it was our first Saturday together, me and just the, my two girls. Yeah. We're just alone in our studio apartment. We had, that's where I lived after I left. My husband was just a studio apartment, no bedrooms or anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We shared a bed, but we're sitting in the apartment and I remember realizing like, we can spend our day however we want. Hmm. And that was big for me because I didn't have that option before like the freedom you know the freedom and feeling like that that feeling of being so free it was surreal to me mm-hmm. like being in control of my own life mm-hmm. knowing my daughters were safe healthy happy mm-hmm. that made like all of the struggle worth it for me so <laughs> that day I'll never forget when we were just like it's Saturday and we don't have to do, you know, what somebody else wants us to do. We can just chill here on this bed and watch Disney movies all day. (laughs) We can create our own life, right? Exactly. There are so many things that I believe that we wouldn't, like I wouldn't think of until I actually experienced them, like the struggles that just come your way. And I feel like that first year when you're talking about what you're talking about, That year is so critical to like stick with it because you are like, it's kind of that transition period where you're going through a lot of struggles. And even though I think mentally you prepare yourself for it, you don't know what you're actually going to face until you actually face those things. Exactly. And, And I didn't even think like some of the thoughts that I had during that year, I didn't think I would have those thoughts like, sometimes I would miss my husband and I didn't think that would happen. You know, I'm like, why do I miss this guy? (laughs) Like, um, am I that, am I that lonely? But no, it was, it was a hundred percent normal. You know, of course you're going to, 
the good parts and you know of course you're gonna miss being being his wife and those other you know special moments um even if they were rare you miss those moments too Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, I, I didn't Everybody has a side to them that you like. I mean, you wouldn't have married him otherwise. You wouldn't have to had your two girls, right? And exactly. yeah. so it's uh, one of the hardest things I cannot even fathom, you know, what yeah. what kind of things, but what kind of things that you went through. And it just, I, I feel like these things, when you do go through in your life, the life struggles, and a separation from your husband, divorce, you know, those kind of things, they really make you a, a stronger person. Yeah. And I think all for the good, like, now, how do you feel now? Uh, how now old, I feel how old are the girls? Different. They're now uh, six and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So it's been just over five years now that uh, since I left. Right. It's com- completely different. Like, now when I think about because something I have written about recently is like dating as a single mother and it's hard for me to even imagine letting someone into like our bubble like the life that we've created and I'm like even though one day I I I hope you know to find a partner a friend that I can build some sort of life with and for my girls to see like me being treated with respect by somebody I also feel like I don't want someone to come in and change my relationship with my daughters. Yeah. Because we've gotten so close over the last five years. The three of us were just like a team. Like we're, we're best friends. Like I can say like my six-year-old and eight-year-old are my best friends. Yeah. (laughs) I never want that to change. So is it scary? Like I love that. Oh yeah. It's so scary to think about that change now, but yeah. Yeah. But part of you still wants it. Part of me does want it, yes. And I think especially seeing so many, you know, you see the photos that you're scrolling on on social media with all of these, you know, you think they're so-called perfect family or, you know, so-and-so gets proposed to and the post about, you know, husbands and whatever it is. It's just Mm -hmm. sometimes it just it just kind of hits you in that sore spot. Like, oh gosh, yeah. I, like, I wish I had that. And, you know, I wish yeah. I could brag about like, you know, my sweet husband who got me roses and whatever. But, yeah. you know, I, I try to not compare my my life to anyone else's because yeah. that just, it just steals away the joy that you do have. So totally. I, I try to not let that get to me. But at the same time, <laughs> you're only human, right? It's very normal to to think that way. It's crazy the experience you've had, it just blows, blows my mind. But I think that it's like, it's the first time I've even spoken to someone about this. So it's really, it's, it's surreal for me to even put myself in their shoes and think about what they might've gone through. So your, your title on Instagram is writing for your daughters. Yes. Let's dive a little deeper mm-hmm. and and tell me what it's about and why are you writing for your daughters? I mean, I want to leave something for my daughters that, you know, hopefully they can find comfort in reading one day, um, mm-hmm. maybe when they're older. I mean, they, they do see some of the things that I've written and posted. And, you know, it's kind of like leaving my personal diary to them mm-hmm. so that they know what my experiences were like when they're a little bit older, they can read everything. And, you know, they can also see that 
I'm someone else outside of motherhood too, mm-hmm. you know, that it's possible for mommy to have more than one identity as well. And I want them to learn from my experiences and have that education I didn't have growing up about, you know, abuse or alcoholism or mental illness. And I hope also, you know, that they'll find find some pride knowing what their mom went through and mm. that I tried to, you know, I try to give them a good life. So I hope it brings us even closer as they get older. That's beautiful. And Thank you. I also hope, you know, it's not just for my daughters, but as a daughter myself, you know, it's also for all those women and mothers who go through similar situations and as well for the mothers who raised us and our generation and the mothers before them and them, you know, they didn't have the voice or the tools to speak out against injustices. So I yeah. hope that, you know, it's it's for them too as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just getting teary eyed just listening to this. It's just so, so touching. You know, what would you, as I was listening to you, um, you spoke about how you want to write for your daughter and daughters and Mm -hmm. leave something behind for them to sort of, as an inspiration, right? What would you want your daughters to be like as they get older? I just want them to be confident, strong, and, you know, just love themselves so much to to the point where nobody could ever take that self-love away from them and that they create an independence and, you know, their own identity that they don't feel like they're incomplete without somebody else. Like I, I just want them to be so happy with their own selves that, you know, they don't ever have to go through anything that I went through in my life. Yeah. 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 Do you regret anything? I don't because it made me, my experiences made me smarter and stronger, but it also gave me my, my children. Like I wouldn't be who I am without them or without these experiences. So I don't regret anything. Like if I had to do it all over again, I, I choose the same things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I hope the mamas out there who are in relationships that are abusive are listening to this and getting this message that you are strong, that Mm -hmm. you do have control over your life. Yeah. And that you will get through this. And there are people out there that will support you 100%. You just have mm-hmm. to lend your your hand out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, one thing that I can leave with with those those women is to always, always, always listen to your gut instinct because it's never wrong. Mm. And you do what's right for you and your children and not for you know, what your family or society or community thinks is best mm-hmm. because those voices are always going to be in your ear, but the most important voice is your own. So listen to your own voice. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Even if you think, you know, you're not going to get any support from your family or your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so important to listen to yourself, like really just sit down and, and listen to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. That's awesome. Well, (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining us. So at the end of my podcast, my show, I like to do a little, little game and uh, we're going to do, we're going to play this game called truth or dare. So I'm going to ask you a couple of truths or dare you can pick and which, which would you like to start with first? And if you can't do a truth, you can pass and do a dare instead. Okay, um, we can start with the truth. Let's okay. try. <laughs> They're clean, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to embarrass you, I promise. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see. Describe three things you like about yourself. Okay, I like how nerdy I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like my accents. I, I do accents. Okay, that's going to be the next dare. <laughs> even, even if no one else likes them, I still like them. Um, and lastly, I love how I can become a kid again with my kids. Yeah, so, that's yeah. awesome. Those are yeah. awesome. Okay, next, we'll do a dare just to change it up a bit. So your okay. dare is going to be, you said you like doing accents, so do your best mm-hmm. accent. Okay. And tell us okay. what accent is it? It is. Okay. Well, are you a fan of Bridgerton or have you watched Bridgerton? I started watching it, but I didn't really get into it too much. So okay. English? Well, it is a British accent. Okay. And this is my impression of Lady Whistledown in Bridgerton. <laughs> I know everything that's happening in everybody's lives because I'm Lady Whistledown. So <laughs> for all of you watching Bridgerton, just know, okay, I'm spoiling it for you. I'm Lady Whistledown, all right? So you don't have to watch any further. I'm Lady Whistledown. <laughs> uh, all right. Now I have to try this. <laughs> now I have to really watch this. <laughs> do, oh my God, I, I, I suck at this. You know what's so funny? <laughs> You know, what's so funny is that this morning I was having my first coffee, like kids hadn't woken up yet. And I usually, Mm -hmm. the Google home is right beside me. And I usually just say, Hey Google, turn on the lamp. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I, no, I said, turn on the fireplace. And then it just started speaking in like, like all of a sudden English accent. It's like, all right, turning the fireplace (laughs) to on. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> it was Canadian yesterday. Oh my <laughs> I my husband, <laughs> my husband changed the accent yesterday and I didn't okay. know about it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love that. My Even my daughters, they'll like just randomly, more so my eight-year-old than the six-year-old, but she'll just like bust into a random accent. And it's not just British, <laughs> like it could be like, like a Southern, like, hey, my cowgirl here will ride my horse down. Oh. <laughs> like, it could be that. It could be, like, Russian, anything. Indian, like. Okay, do you, do you know how to do Indian accent? Yes. Can you please do it for me? <laughs> okay. I mean, like, what do you want me to say anyways? Uh, like, uh, we what didn't is- even have talk today. <laughs> What is your favorite movie? <laughs> I can do that favorite one. <laughs> favorite movie? Oh boy. Okay. Probably any Shah Rukh Khan film. You know, I am a Shakespearean <laughs> <Shifu laughs> <Shifu laughs> girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. 
you're probably my only fan because my <laughs> I can tell you my, my family is so annoyed with me every time. Like, can you stop already? Oh my god, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Thanit, for coming. Oh, thank you. My podcast, you. I think it, this is going to be helping a lot of women out there who may be going through similar situations. And where can we find you on Instagram? You can find me at writings for my daughters. And I hope this did help definitely and that you enjoy some of my writing. Because it's not just for my daughters. It's for for everyone. So thank you so much. You're so welcome.